So welcome everybody to a, a Video Mojo webinar uh, about video content marketing. My name is John Leland. You probably know that. And uh, we are going to set up streaming. We're doing, uh, as always, both with Video Mojo and kind of, I guess, my life in general, we're doing experiments. There's, there's a lot new that I could talk about. Um, and one of the things that's new is that we're live streaming this. I am very excited to be here today and welcome again to everybody. Uh, video first content marketing is kind of my term that I came up with in order to express this new era of video marketing. So we're going to talk about content marketing. We're going to talk about video marketing and we're going to talk about kind of the leading edge of where I see this going as a strategy that can both humanize and improve the impact of your marketing by being more human and, and leveraging the amazing power of video. So no BS. Uh, this is, it's not, this is not for the faint of heart. And I don't want to pretend that video first content marketing is some kind of quick fix or panacea or, you know, there's nothing involved. So I thought I'd talk first about kind of what is involved and what does it take to do video first content marketing? So the first thing is you need to prioritize authenticity. So I'm going to do my best to be real. Like I said, no BS and talk about what does it really take? That's an example of me doing my best to be authentic. And I think that what works in today's video marketplace is being yourself, being authentic, being for real. The other thing is that I know a lot of people have a lot of fear and a lot of resistance to using video. So no BS, you got to get over that fear. You're going to have to be willing to relate to the camera, to shoot video, to not make great videos when you start out, but to keep going and iterating and learning. And that's, that's the next thing is that, you know, video marketing in particular is a practice. It requires learning. It requires experimentation, very much like learning a musical instrument or learning to play a sport. Uh, it doesn't happen right away. So uh, it takes practice. It takes experimentation. And then the last thing is that uh, you need to dedicate some resources. Video is easier and more cost effective than it's ever been before by a mile. But uh, it does take time and either it's going to take a whole bunch of your time or some of your time for sure. If you're the principal of whatever organization you're with um, and probably you'll need to bring in some other resources. So why am I talking about content marketing? Not everybody may be familiar with content marketing in particular. It's a very, um, I would say, sophisticated way to build relationships. So let's do a little bit of Internet Marketing 101. Um, these are some concentric circles that I talk about when I talk about audiences. And it's really important when you put yourself into the marketplace that you have some awareness of these different levels of relationship, right? You have your core tribe. You have those who may be casually connected, know who you are, but maybe have never really engaged with you. And then at the outer circle, there are people who have never heard of you. And so when you're speaking in marketing, when you're doing video first content marketing, for example, you need to think about it and it plays out in really concrete ways. 
Um, and this is the chart that shows that. Let me let me put this full screen for you because there's there's a lot here. It's a multi-touch process when you start to engage uh, these different audiences. As you, I've got the same concentric circles here, but at the top of the funnel, this is you know the arrows would represent a funnel. Um, you, you know you've got the ability to attract and bring people in. And then you can maybe get them to subscribe to your email list, get them to subscribe or follow you on YouTube or on TikTok or on some other social media. Then with a multi-touch process, and that's really the key here, um, the multi-touch process helps you understand that or helps the audience understand who you are and get to know you and to trust you. And that's really the big deal. Um, you know, it's not one and done. It's not, you know, like going out on a date and then asking somebody to marry you, right? It, it's a process of getting to know each other. And that also happens with marketing. Now, video enables people to get to know you probably better than they ever could just from photographs or writing. Um, so it has the ability to really kind of, if you will, supercharge this multi-touch process. But I've heard it said, for example, um, when when you're on the web, you know, marketing for a long time has talked about multi-touch. And, you know, they I, I, one number that I think I heard over the years was it take seven touches, right? Seven touches for a relationship to happen enough that somebody will want to buy and do business. On the web, I've heard people say it takes dozens or even scores of touches. One number I heard was 70. But the point is that it takes persistence and consistency. Consistency is a really key component. I'll come back to it later. If you're looking at video marketing uh, and video first content marketing, you need to be around for a while. I've been creating content on the web for decades, actually. I mean, I started on the web in 1995 when it, the web was first born. And, you know, I haven't been there every week or every day. But I've been around and there, it develops uh, not only an expertise for me, but a certain kind of trust that happens. So I'm talking about content marketing and it's this is based on the Content Marketing Institute, which is a resource that I really want to point people to. They have a lot of great content workshops and conferences. And this is the most of their definition of what content marketing is, is we're focused on creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content. So that's, that's a big piece of what we're talking about here is following the content marketing model. And I think about marketing, not just in terms of content, but in terms of conversations. So once you get people involved in interacting, as we're going to do later when we get to the question and answer session, then you really have the seeds of successful content marketing. Ongoing conversations and ongoing conversations are what we're talking about in video first content marketing. So why video? Why are we talking about video first content marketing? Well, video, as I mentioned earlier, it humanizes and animates conversations better than any other kind of media. Um, you know, the ability to make eye contact. The ability to make eye contact. Here I am. <laughs> nice to see you all. Thanks for being here. Um, 
You know, and by the way, this is going to be about uh, not even a 10 minute more presentation uh, because I want to get to the interactions and really talk to you about this and answer your questions or concerns that you have. But but the way that video humanizes uh, and animates conversations, you know, not quite live person to person in person the way we used to do pre-COVID, but it has the ability of you to see me, to get a vibe of how I talk, of how I sound, how confident of I am I, how trustworthy and so forth. So, um, you know, that is the power of video. It really is video's superpower and, and there's nothing like it. The challenges are when you're a marketer, are not only the kind of human engagement that I'm talking about, but just being visible, right? It's a very noisy marketplace. There's lots of different kinds of media. People have lots of lots of choices. Um, and even with all the choices, they don't necessarily engage. When people talk about marketing these days, one of the key metrics is, are people engaging? Are people commenting? Are people asking questions? Are people showing up to the webinar? You know, it's like, how do you get people to participate? Video also has an edge. So let's talk about the marketplace just a little bit more in terms of why now and why I think it's particularly important. The pandemic has accelerated the growth of video and, and it was already happening, but the pandemic really ex uh, accelerated all of that. So we now, most of us are now comfortable meeting on Zoom. We may not like meeting on Zoom, but it's a new way to uh, relate and it has taken off during the pandemic. YouTube has continued to be the number two search engine. This is really kind of an old statistic, but it's still true that, you know, Google is the number one search engine. Google actually owns YouTube. But when people search for stuff, they search as, you know, only second to Google, they search for what they're looking for on YouTube. So having your content on YouTube is a huge advantage that a lot of people don't take advantage of. Um, and then video on social media is the fastest growing dimension of the web. Um, social media, as I'm sure you're aware, has become the predominant form of uh, of you know of relating on the web, and TikTok in particular has taken off as a new way that people are relating with social video. I have actually a whole workshop on my website about why I think TikTok is important for business, so I won't get into that right now. But it's exploding. It's arguably the new YouTube. There's actually more. Uh, minutes of video watched per user on TikTok already than there is on YouTube. So another thing that, that underscores the fact that conversation-based content is exploding is the number of podcasts that are coming out each year. Um, I actually have an update on this chart, but uh, the chart shows 850,000 new podcasts uh, in 2020. And I looked up just yesterday that Spotify says in 2021, it had 1.2 million new podcasts. So, uh, and I'm going to answer the question that that obviously raises, which is how, oh my God, how do I get heard? How do I engage when there's a million new podcasts a year? And the answer to that is that it happens because you have your audience and your particular point of view. It's kind of like saying, you know, there, I don't even know how many millions, maybe a billion at this point websites, but there's certainly hundreds of millions of websites. And 
you still have your website and your invitation to engage and connect with people. It's just you need, in order to connect with people, in my opinion, you really need to be doing video and you need to be doing it on a consistent basis to create the kinds of conversations that podcasts are and also that video shows or what I'm now referring to as vodcasts, video podcasts are creating. So that's what we're talking about. Conversation-based content like vodcasts, like Clubhouse, if you're familiar with that, or Twitter Spaces, live streaming, TikTok Reels, YouTube, Twitch, which is the game streaming. Um, you know, that the, all of these are new conversation-based content that are just exploding. So fundamentally, what happens when you do video is that you feed this social media ecosystem that is inherently video-hungry. Well, why is it video hungry? I'll tell you why. Because the social networks are prioritizing what they call native video. So native video means video that is on their platform. So if you make a video and put it on YouTube and put the link to it on Facebook, that's not native. That's a YouTube video being linked to from Facebook. If you upload the video right to Facebook, it's native in Facebook. And Facebook will prioritize that because it's native video on Facebook. It's face, literally Facebook video. Um, and it's just what the other dynamic is that video is happening, like I was talking about before. It is the future. It is the way people are communicating now. It is the best form of engagement. So that's why it works the best. Um, it, do, it does work best when you deliver it in a consistent human way. Uh, these pictures are all examples of vodcasts or video shows that are um, on YouTube, among other places. Um, it works also as a way to deepen your voice. This comes back to that earlier point about practice. Uh, you know, you show up, you articulate your message, you talk about who you are, you talk about the value of what you have to offer and how you want to serve, and your ability to describe how you're of service gets better. That's my personal experience. It gets better and better the more that I do this kind of stuff. And then the other big benefit, kind of the last main point here, is that when you do video content on a consistent basis, particularly when you do vodcasts or video shows, you spark a content creation engine. And that is a super powerful high leverage strategy. So here's how that works. Video shows or vodcasts create content creation engines because they offer you the ability to distribute that content in a variety of forms. So we create when we do the Video Mojo vodcast, we also strip out the audio and distribute it as a podcast. So it's both in iTunes and on Spotify, uh, as well as on YouTube and, other, and on our own blog. So secondarily, we then chop up the long form video into short form video posts. And we've, I've got a video on my YouTube channel, it's also on my blog, about the software that we're using to chop up the, sh the long form video, like the whole video show might be 20, 30 minutes or more, and turn that into two or three minute short form video posts that again, the video hungry ecosystem eats up. Uh, we also link to our videos in email blasts. So we get the extra leverage of distributing it in that way. 
um, it becomes separate social media posts, for example, with graphics. Um, it goes on our blog. You can transcribe it if you want. There's great software now for automated transcription. So it, it just kind of goes everywhere. And it really is a function getting back to resources. How much content do you want to create out of having that original meaningful conversation that you had in the long form uh, vodcast or uh, you know video show? So bottom line benefits, we get to leverage our humanity in a way that's visually engaging. We capitalize on social media's preference for prioritizing video. We invest in the future. This is a big point that I think is important also about, Vic, about TikTok, that um, you know the future is video in my opinion, and learning to engage with the camera, learning to produce video, it takes practice. It's not gonna happen overnight, but investing now, getting started, no matter how small, you'll start to learn the language and develop this skill of being on camera. And you're gonna stand above, there's still very many businesses that are not with the program in terms of video, vodcasting and video on social media. And so it's the most fastest way I know to stand out and kind of excel. So, you know, when we do it, just to give you a sense of perspective of what it takes, and, and I'm open to questions, uh, you know, in order to develop a vodcast, we first do a premise development and strategic consulting. We then produce uh, a vodcast show or video show, usually twice a month. The, the frequency, obviously, these are just, a, like I said, a sample package of what takes to kind of go full bore. Um, then we custom edit the short form videos, like I was talking about, putting in the the subtitles or the captions where um, the words are on the screen. I think that's an important part of producing the short form videos, and that is also covered in um, the uh, in the video that I mentioned earlier about the three pieces of software that we use. Um, I like to have an email blast go out at least once a week. So when you're doing the short form, if you do two shows a month, you can pull at least two clips out of each out of each of those shows and end up with a weekly email blast, um, the blo a blog post at least for each show, and um, you can also do social media image posts like that. Uh, I again, I think if you want to be in it, um, that then you know making a six month commitment is a logical way to go, just to find out. How uh, how it's going for you and how what your experience is. So that's that's the the presentation, um, and I hope you know. I guess I ran a little bit over. We did about twenty minutes of presentation, uh, but I tried to keep it as information dense as I could. And uh, I want to. I, I really want to kind of step up to. Um, your Q&A and see if we can get a dialogue going. How can I be useful? Uh, those of you that are watching uh, this, the live streams on uh, uh, YouTube or on Twitter or on other places like that, um, you know, uh, come to Riverside. Uh, Samantha, our wonderful team member, is going to put the, uh, the link in there for you so that you can come over here and come on camera and ask questions. So uh, asking questions means if you're here in the Riverside audience, you click on that uh, button down at the bottom that says call in live, something like that. Oh, here comes Joanne Richards. She can ask a question. 
You mind coming on camera, Joanne? I was no. going to say that. Oh, welcome. <laughs> How can I help? So what's the best way for somebody to get started? Well, I, you got to do one step at a time. And, you know, you have the opportunity of doing YouTube or TikTok. Uh, I, I would probably choose one of those as the priority video platform. I mean, I think TikTok is the fastest. I don't think I really know that TikTok is the fastest way to grow an audience um, because they don't depend on you making friends with people, so to speak, like you have to do on Facebook. Huh. Um as an example, so, you know, it's just based on content. So hashtags, for example, work on TikTok to identify your area of expertise and what it is that you want to be talking about. Um, I would move as quickly as possible, even if it, I don't like recording uh, vodcasts on Zoom, but it's probably the easiest way. Uh, and Mary Campbell's here asking a question too. I don't know. We, we're letting too many people on stage at once. We can't. But does that does that answer your question, Joanne? Yeah, that, that's fine. I, I didn't know if I if you can do it simply or if you've got to start with a fancy package or. Yeah, I mean, I think something is always better than nothing. Okay. Thanks. And um, you know, so if you start, I mean, and and figure out a cadence that you can stick to, right? I mean. The, the, a lot of people will tell you to do TikTok every day. Some people even do multiple times a day. That is what works to really um, supercharge growing an audience fast on TikTok. But, um, you know, can you do a show once a week on YouTube? It really, if you want longer form, TikTok obviously limits you to three minutes. Okay. So if you're doing a longer form presentation or wanting to have a conversation, which tends to be 15 or 20 minutes minimum, you know, then YouTube would be the place to do that. My, my granddaughter cringes at the thought of grandma being on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> That's her problem. I know. Okay. Thanks, John. <laughs> Good to see you, Joanne. You Thanks for asking. Yeah. Hi, Mary. How are you? Hi, I'm just fine. I've never done this system, so I didn't know I was going to be here asking a question, but I, of course, have questions. So um, I, I was watching on LinkedIn and then I tried to come over here and I missed, I, I somehow went out of that. So, so I'm just catching up. Um, and you know, I've been very erratic, you know, for a while I did one post outside every day for like a 30 second post. And I got a lot, you know, like, um, I think that was not Instagram. It might've been Facebook back then. Uh, and then of course I petered out and I have started and stopped and started and stopped. And um, I'm, you know, have been saying, oh God, I just hate that stuff. It doesn't work. So what I'm hearing you say is the consistency is the most important thing or one of the most important things to just keep doing it and keep doing it and perfect it. I feel pretty comfortable on camera. It's fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, make doing it every day and, or doing it pretty frequently and, and having it begin to have a following has been a challenge for me. Yeah. I mean, it, Absolutely. What you just said is, is absolutely right. And I've been thinking about it along the lines of, you know, like I said earlier, a practice, like a meditation practice yeah. or like a sports practice. You know, I play golf and, you know, I've been playing golf for a long time and I'm still learning. Or even more recently, I started playing the ukulele. I use the Hawaiian <laughs> pronunciation for the, those of you that think I'm saying it yeah. weird. Um and, and, you know, I never thought that I would be able to play music, but actually I've led some sing-alongs and I get away with mm -hmm. it. And which is to say that I'm not great, 
but I show up and I've been learning. And even though, like with meditation practice or like with playing the ukulele, I do it from time to time and I get into runs where I do it every day and then times when I don't. And you learn. I mean, that's the thing is that it's it's a long-term engagement. And as a video marketing professional, this is the skill that is going to continue to be more valuable. And so your experiments are great. And the experiences that you've had already, I think, are super constructive, whatever they are. You didn't obviously tell me a lot of detail about it, but it sounded like you had some fun. And the other thing that I learned actually from the music as well as from doing this, I like doing this. This is fun for me. I like playing the ukulele. It's fun for me. And it's crazy for me. This is the way the thought process goes for me is, is that why would anybody want to listen to me play the ukulele and sing when I'm such an amateur? And the answer that I came to, because people did seem to enjoy it or do seem to enjoy it, is that if I'm having fun, and also they get to participate like singing along or whatever, then they're having fun. But it's true, like you, we see it all the time with performers. When when the performer's having fun, we kind of have fun too. And so it's back to the old ancient spiritual proverb of, you know, that Steve Jobs was so proud of is that the journey or fond of, uh, that the journey is the reward. And so, you know, I'm opposed to shoulds, I don't think you should do it because you should do it. I think you should do it if you can have fun. And then that kind of human engagement is really what works. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Just thank you for yeah, another Thank little, you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. It I'm, is great I'm to see you. I'm glad that you popped over from LinkedIn. That's kind of cool because this is our first. I don't know how to first... go back to, to listening to you, though. <laughs> oh, you can't? You're, you're having trouble hearing on Riverside? No, no, no. I'm. I'm on Riverside, but I came right here with this question. I didn't know what, when I got to Riverside, it popped me here. So I, I wanted to be able to listen, but here I am asking the question a little before I thought I was ready. But Oh, I see. You didn't mean to come on to ask the question. You just pushed I the button. I didn't really. I was going to wait and sort of, you know, lurk, but here I am. <laughs> right. Okay, good. Well, we got a couple questions in, in chat, so I'll move on to those. Okay. And again, Great. thanks for coming and good to see you. Great to see you. Thank you for your questions via chat, and I will answer them. And you asked the question, why not just use Zoom or YouTube live versus Riverside? And um, the reason is that I'm a professional who prides himself on quality, I guess. Um, the Zoom quality is very much compromised by the Internet. And I know you're seeing some live compromise in terms of what's here on Riverside in terms of the live uh, webcast. It'll be interesting for us to look at the quality on um, you know, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter in terms of what goes out of Riverside. But Riverside's biggest advantage, and there are a bunch of them that I talk about in that YouTube video I mentioned that you can find on the blog of the three softwares we're using, is that it records locally. So the, there's a recording I can see that's been 88% uploaded at the moment uh, from my hard drive that then I'll be able to use to edit and create a polished version of this webinar without my technical fumbling around and stuff like that. Um, that'll be much better quality. And of course, because that edited uh, version of the recording lives on the web for a long time, 
um, ultimately more people will see it. So I am making a compromise, and you make a good point in terms of the quality of the live stream, particularly in Riverside. For those of you who are participating in the audience in Riverside, I think it's less so in streaming. But in, the advantage is that I get a really nice quality recording, and then it has a, a features on the back end that they call the magic editor that uh, when I'm doing it, when I'm recording a conversation side by side, it automatically formats it for me with color background and a bunch of other stuff. Um, they're a good company and the software keeps getting better. So that's why I hope that answers your question. Um, and Stephen asked, does it make sense to use a separate cell phone for TikTok? I understand they require access to your photos and video library. Yeah, TikTok, it, it, it's a mixed bag, but um, they don't require, well, for uploading, they require you to have a mobile phone. Um, and there are advantages, although they're not like deal-breaking advantages, to producing in the app, um, in the TikTok app itself, which is very mobile-oriented. So the fastest way, certainly, um, to experiment with TikTok is to use a smartphone to record in TikTok and post from TikTok. Um, if you're going to record, for example, on an iPhone in your camera app and edit, like I sometimes will shoot with a number of cameras and then add the subtitles myself because the TikTok subtitles are really teeny and I, I like having nice graphic subtitles, um, then yes, I have to transfer it to my phone and upload. Um, I imagine that may change over time, but at the moment, the TikTok app is very mobile smartphone uh, oriented. Yeah, I hope this is useful. We will, uh, like I said, edit the production. Um, those of you that registered, uh, we, I'm going to send out uh, kind of like the raw uh, video recording just so you can have it right away uh, as a thank you for um, for being here and for registering. And then... Uh, down the road, once I get a little bit edited and polished, we'll put it up on YouTube and put it on our blog and, and start doing the whole thing that I talked about. Do I see TikTok feeds as podcasts? Um, that's another question from Stephen. Thank you. Uh, so, no. Podcasts I see as longer form. Um, TikToks are maximum of three minutes. Uh, one of the things that TikTok is being used for, and not everybody knows this, is what's called podcast discovery. So, um, for example, I might put a clip of a video out of a vodcast um, on TikTok, but really not so much because TikTok is like this intimate, immediate human connection type of medium. It really is uh, maximizing authenticity. I had a conversation not long ago with somebody who was very uncomfortable and afraid to, I, I, I use the word come out intentionally, but I mean, I guess I'm not revealing anybody's thing, but it, it was, it was somebody who had transitioned from one, from being a woman to being a man. And, um, you know, he was really concerned about his voice and, and being on video. And I said, authenticity rules, you know, tell the truth, be yourself. People will love you. Um, that's kind of medium that TikTok is. It's really talk to the camera, be real with people, but it's short form. Podcasts tend to be more longer form conversations. 
so they're more oriented towards YouTube and and social media. Anyway, thank you, everybody who's here. Uh, whether you're watching on one of those streaming platforms or here inside the Riverside uh, Virtual Studio, uh, I'm really grateful for your kind attention. And I love being useful. I love hearing your feedback, negative, positive, whatever, about what worked and what didn't work and what you'd like to hear more of in particular, uh, how I can be of service and what kind of questions you would like answered. I'll share one thing just kind of about my process. So I've you know, I've been doing education around Internet marketing now for a long time. Um, I don't know, 20 years or whatever. I, I wrote a book about 10 years ago called Internet Marketing, Eight Key Concepts Every Business Must Know and have done keynotes and workshops and webinars like this and the Video Mojo um, vodcast now. It's, it, I think we've done 48 episodes of Video Mojo in one form or another. And, uh, you know, I think about courses and I think about curriculum um, because there's lots of things that I talked about today, which we could drill down more deeply into from fear of video to, uh, you know, the technicalities and software and so forth. So um, I'm interested in what you would like to know about and what would be useful. And uh, last call for questions in the chat or in video or otherwise, I think we'll call it a successful webinar. Successful in large part because you were here. Thank you, and uh, we'll continue with Video Mojo, and I look for you on the socials, and combridges.com uh, has a contact form if you have any other questions or comments or suggestions, and likewise, you can DM me on the socials. Thanks again.